Hey everyone, welcome to a special episode of the Excalibros. Hello. Hey. That was that was a little echoey. <laughs> How you doing, Dan? Not too bad. Um I um if I've decided that maybe we should once we've done all these, release a charging and Dan cut of everything ever, because we can make money off the back of idiots. That's what I've decided. Oh sure, yeah. We can edit previously established movies to more to our liking and sure let's do it have an entire like collection of movies where we just take in <laughs> any, like any old shot that they put on the cutting room floor and just uh extend that uh i don't know that scene of one person walking to 20 minutes rather than two um that's how it works right i would love make- to have an extended screaming scene of just 15 minutes uh with credits overlaid on top of it that would be awesome Oh, that's 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 how it should work. And obviously, we need to uh, fuck up the aspect ratio and have it all in Chrome, and that perfect film. Yep, solved. What... We've solved cinema, Dan. They should never make another movie after us. Yep, I didn't need to have six years of uh, film school or being taught how to make the craft. To I just needed to wait until a certain director released a, a certain cut of a certain film. <laughs> I don't want to say because I feel like if I say its name, I'll just like invoke an army of demons. But, um, mm. Yeah, they will come for us. <laughs> we'll have to form a coalition, Dan, to fight them off. <laughs> <laughs> Would you call it a league? No. Anyway. Um... <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, we can forget all about that junk and uh, let you guys know that uh, this episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, WandaVision. We're going to talk about uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, uh, you know, halfway through watching WandaVision, Dan and I were like, oh, we should have reviewed this. Uh, so we really want to give, like, our thoughts on the series, what we really liked, and, you know, uh, provide some uh, criticism. Uh, not like, hey, this is bad, but just, like, you know, professional criticism of, of, of what was good, bad, interesting about uh, the series and then give our thoughts on the first episode of uh, Falcon Winter Soldier and we're going to try uh, we'll see how things go uh, we're going to try and review each episode uh, it's only six episodes uh, so maybe we can hunker down and, and get this thing going um, but Dan uh, it's no spoiler that we loved WandaVision right yeah it was um, I think like a lot of the world um, it was a great ride for uh, well in this country lock down number three um so it was nice uh-huh. to like every week to look forward to it wasn't just mis- well it was actually filled with uh, but in a good way it was entertaining in a good way sure yeah i i it's tough to go back to like the non non binging ways but uh it was really great to have uh an episode come out every friday and to be able to like meander about the previous episode and like soak it all in and think about what this moment meant and what that moment meant. It's almost like nostalgia for how we used to watch TV. And that, yeah, that's the point of the whole uh, whole show, I suppose. Like a, a full uh, watching a, a one woman's um, emotional state through the lens of nostalgic television. Right. Um, I, 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 and what I really liked, actually, uh, aside from the show, is the culture that came around it. Like the, the was it the you you the, the, the saying is it water cooler moment or something where they. Like, right. The episode would drop, and if you were like me, you would not be on Twitter until you've seen it. Oh, and then, then you 
then you'd have loads of people to talk to about it and everyone seems really hyped for it and the whole trying to puzzle it all together and laughing at certain people's ideas like uh seven people's theories and then also going oh actually that's a good idea and then seeing if it all pans out so it's just nice to have that kind of sense of community around something totally what, totally just have divisive hatred all the time <laughs> so it's nice that something unified it totally i i will say though there were some fan theories i was like please don't be true please don't be true i don't want mephisto to be a thing we don't have to do that right now let's <laughs> there are a few things i was a little worried about oh is this oh everyone's saying this is how they're going to introduce mutants i hope kevin feige's smarter than that please let's not do this here this is no 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 uh so i'm I, glad those things didn't happen my question then is what was your favorite rumor mine was robert robert de niro would turn up as Meph- mephisto <laughs> oh right right yeah that was so i actually kind of wanted to i was trying to will it into existence at one point because i was like it'll ruin it it ruined the whole thing but yeah that would have been a moment yeah (laughs) everyone would be like what was feige thinking Uh, (laughs) that was uh what was the other one oh there was another big one um uh, oh you know uh magneto showing up at the end being like you're my daughter let's go was a was a rumor that was out there that's amazing. Uh, and and there were thoughts that uh, they were going to keep uh, not Skarsgård. What's his name? The guy who was Magneto in, in the previous X-Men movies. Fassbender. Yeah, yeah. They were going to keep him as Magneto, and uh, that. I mean, I think he was he's great, uh, but uh, that would not make a whole lot of sense. I want. I, I'd want even if Ian McKellen couldn't do it. I just have Ian McKellen like. Disney does CG people these days. I just have Ian McKellen in it, and be like, <laughs> just just to hear his voice. Um, but that's just sure. crazy. I never actually saw them. I saw that they, everyone was like, oh, that's the, they're going to introduce the multiverse through through, uh-huh. through this bit." And I was just like, "Oh, okay, I get I can get why people would think that." But I never really got the Magneto one. I did get the Doctor Strange one, like shoved down my throat, right. just because she's in his next movie, so that made sense. And I generally right uh, being like an idiot. Um, and I was happy that they didn't because it was about Wanda's journey and it would have been horrible that a man would come in and save her at the end. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually expecting him to turn up in one of the last credits or one of the last sequences just, just because of what had gone on. But at the same time, what was actually set up kind of made more sense um, thematically with what was happening and character-wise with what was happening on the uh, the show itself. So, sure. But fan theories were hilarious. And some were really interesting. But um, it was not what we expected at the end, no. I think. I don't think anyone guessed it. Um, but I remember me and you talking about episode three or four that um, it was Agatha Harkness. Like, we were like, maybe it is, like, her, and she's trying to help Wanda. Because in the comics, um, Agatha is obviously, like, a sort of like a good person. <laughs> it's hard to tell right. sometimes. But she sort of helped Wanda through, like, some moments and she so i just thought maybe it's like a nice thing but, um, <laughs> nope <laughs> but and that theme saying that that theme tune is just the best boppy little oh yeah <laughs> Agatha all along. yes yeah uh that was that was a, a rumor that was out there and then it seemed more and more likely to be true uh mm-hmm. and i was kind of i was glad that they they stuck with it you know there were a lot of rumors that this show is going to be based on the the Tom King uh, run, where it it really is not uh, based on no. that at all. 
just like the setting of them being in a uh, like in the suburb, but otherwise it's not really about anything that book did. Uh, it took a lot more inspiration from uh, you know early Avengers stories and I think uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision miniseries from before, and I, I'm glad they did that because there was a lot. There's a lot more of like who are these characters before you can get into you know what Tom King did. Like you need to have the backstory of these characters being established before you can do do what what was in that book. So I was yeah. happy with how that how this all played out uh, in terms of what they took inspiration from and, and what they focused on. And uh, Dan, I I don't know I'm gonna ramble, but <laughs> I really I think we we both just like really love this so much. Yeah, um, on, on right, so let's be fair, when, when it first started, um, it, all the episodes were different lengths, maybe just by a couple of minutes, others by like 15, 20 minutes, and what I really enjoyed was that they really embraced the, the concept of um, like each decade of television, the concept yep. of metatextuality, and the concept of like the puzzle box as a main driving narrative focus. And I really, really enjoyed that we had, because like it can you can you can just joke about the fact that we, like so we have characters watching a TV show of a TV show, right. um, and but it it was done That's in a so way. so meta. I'm surprised Dan Harmon didn't write this. Yes, it was it was done in a way that made it more like accessible. Um, we were saying just beforehand mm-hmm. that a lot of people watch this like. Um, my 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 um dad started watching it recently and he doesn't even, i don't think he's i got him disney plus because he wanted to watch the mandalorian so nice. i was a good, good son i was like here's your birthday present here's disney plus for a year um and he started watching one vision and he has not watched i think he's watched ant-man that's that's all he's watched <laughs> that's but, the one let me take the most mediocre comedy in, in a lot and watch that <laughs> he decided to watch it because obviously on disney plus it's heavily advertised and so he decided to watch it and he actually said he didn't he actually enjoyed it and he doesn't he was like it's kind of fun like and so it, obviously it's accessible obviously a lot of backstory makes you know you need a lot of backstory but it must be accessible for someone that has watched one marvel movie to be like actually it's good it's quite fun right i think it's format makes it accessible the fact that it's a com- like that stuff is like a, a cutesy bewitched comedy and slowly evolves into what happens to be like Oh, this is the reality of the situation, and the constant shifting of aspect ratios, uh, color palettes, um, and I like the fact that the staging as well, where the camera was like static, then moves, and you know, to, and it was really great to see like a nod to each technical aspect of the film, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like the fact that when she uses her powers in the first episode, they're on the actual things are on strings, and you can practically see the strings, um, and obviously later when she's using her powers, it's more like now. There was moments, talking technically, there was moments I'm not massive fan on, but I understand that COVID happened and you can't do the best. And we do get like a sky beam and like CGI dummies smacking each other at the end. It wasn't like gratuitous and I'm like, that's oh, horrible. Um, but I, I was kind of like more invested in the conversation. I know everyone has made it into a meme, but the conversation between the two uh, visions, yes, spoilers, I assume, um, uh-huh. on this podcast. And I liked the conversation between Agatha and Wanda. I wasn't that bothered about them fighting. I liked the fact that they took right. a more Doctor Strange approach, where his big confrontation was outwitting Dormammu. Sure, as sure. To him. And so I really appreciate um, that they kept a, a, it sort of tight and about the character all the way through, rather than 
my character and your character are going to be action figures now and like smack each other until one of them falls down. Right. Uh, <laughs> I just like the fact that it was more like a sort of like a where Wanda was working through her emotions to get to her resolution with Agatha. We had um, Vision questioning his reality um, with the other Vision, uh, which was an interesting um, his existence, which was an interesting way of doing it. And it kind of like fits with the whole show, which questions our perspective, our perception of what's happening on screen. And we are constantly asking questions like, are these kids real? Uh, is this actually from, is this uh, Pietro from the other movies? Is this, right. this, is this, this, this? And I just thought it was really well done. And everyone's giving Kevin uh, Feige praise, but like the actual um, like showrunners are just astonishing. The fact that, isn't it helmed by, um, oh, I forgot her name, but like the fact that she, like, she put on display like a, whim, a woman uh, with all this power who, uh, use her, her grief that basically pushes her to do this thing. She's not doing anything bad. Like, well, she's doing well, some bad stuff. But yeah. Yeah. She, her grief is hurting others because grief can infect and poison other people. So it was quite a beautiful, like, sort of <laughs> realistic human story. Sure, sure. Crazy android based. Oh, sorry, synthesoid. Uh, for all you were. Out there and uh, the the super powerful Scarlet Witch, which I assume by the end of this season has been crowned the most powerful member of this cinematic universe now. Um, but like, I don't know. There's there's so much humanity there and so much heart. And I got I like Vision is Paul Bettany's performance as Vision. Like I I love don't don't get me wrong. I love I loved Olsen so much. But uh, his his performance in some of the scenes where he talks about emotions from a standpoint as a robot and we don't get like a data or, or right, someone that doesn't yes. stand. Yeah. We, we get a really like wise really sort of like optimistic view a superman if you will like a, a <laughs> superman viewpoint of, of love and, <laughs> and really is really beautiful like when he said when they say goodbye for the last well not goodbye yes. we just say hello and the whole like i'll say hello again and stuff and i was just like oh my god it's actually affecting me like yeah. <laughs> I'm actually emotional. that moment was so perfect and it's just, it just everything from it and the, 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 the massive reveal and um of it being her that created everything and it was never on anyone else and it's just her story uh-huh. um, it, it, it's important to give um like <laughs> important to give characters like that an actual like um Agent, agency to their story and it, it would have undercut anything if it was Agatha manipulating her all along or if if this had done this and that because I do like like there's like the nice nods where the evil sword dude is is you know lied and said uh, she stole vision blah 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 and um obviously Agatha the Agatha's backstory uh, is, is inconsequential um and actually I find it unnecessary <laughs> um yeah <laughs> but um like there are there are like there are and it's heavily in the, the covid effect is uh, you know that's why darcy's not there in the final she just disappears and other characters get like shortchanged um yeah and obviously the creators have come out and said like uh, things like uh, paul bettany shouldn't have said there was another actor even though it was a joke um uh. and like, we didn't mean to say that the aerospace engineer was important people have latched onto the wrong things right <laughs> Like I get it, but in the in 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 the grand scheme of it, I think it's a really good package. It's got some flab and it has certain elements that don't wholly work and are not really necessary. But as like a, it's it's different for what a superhero 
film has done where we've got a lot marvel have always been the films that um about the characters uh, marvel's always like done that and we have people going through things iron man 3 is a perfect example of a, of a great sort of ptsd sure. like a, very very much a psych 101 ptsd let's be honest sure sure, sure, sure. yeah <laughs> um, and it and, and we see um the effects of certain things and it's just nice to see them give some time to characters that weren't really given time in the films and yes, actually give exactly. them much more depth. Yeah. Because um, to be fair, like Cap, his motivations, his under, like you understand his motivations, you understand his struggles, like, you know, it's played perfectly. His films are, are basically up there as the best ones. Um, he's, he's given a lot of, lot to do. Iron Man, what can you say? He's literally just been embodied and done. And, Right. Thor like took two movies, um, took took three movies to get going, but like everyone's like got their own right thing, and I feel like well, Wanda, these are like like yeah. they were treated as like C C list characters until they had yeah. their series. They very little time. It's like oh they're in a relationship. Oh okay I guess so. You guys didn't really say anything, but then they're in that Avengers movie they are, and then they die. So that was kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, they got their due here, which and. As you mentioned, they got a lot. We got to spend a lot of time with these characters. We got to really know them. Um, and <clears throat> like Cap's motivations are pretty obvious, but like you get to see his character through action a, a lot. You know what I mean? Like his integrity uh, mm-hmm. is, is so, so like his honesty is super important to him. And, and Tony, you get to see him work through like his failings as a human. Um, but we got to see like how these who these people really are in a deeper way than we really got to see like the the main Avenger characters uh, up until this point. Uh, and uh, it was like the effects were fun. The action was fun, you know, whatever. But like that wasn't the draw of this. It was who are these characters? Why should we care? Oh, this is who they are. This is why you should care. This is why their relationship is important. And this is... Uh, like a, a jumping off point to why they're going to be so much more important to the movies moving forward. Exactly. It was basically a, um, like nine episode PR. Um, <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. But at the same time, let's be fair. A lot of, a lot of people were there for them, for the mystery because the mystery, let's talk about the mystery. The mystery was the, is the big driving force uh, outside of um, seeing Wanda and vision be, um, cause essentially we get um, the, the MCU Superman. Uh, throughout this because uh, they they have tried to position vision into that role from age of ultron where they put him in as a, like a a naive boy scouty he's the one that's like uh does that speech in civil war blah, blah blah and here we really do get to see like someone who is an alien of this world um sure. have have like the human it almost feels like a middle finger at any other adaptation of the actual superman recent adaptation one um and then we have wonder who it's such a confused character anyway. Like she, sure. like when she was introduced, she has all these confu- conflicting emotions, and she loses so much in such a little time. Mm-hmm. So we get to see her become who she is, and there are elements that make mm, you know MacGuffin-y elements, but you're it's expected. I think you you can accept certain MacGuffin elements um, going forward, but it's just the the. the a lot of people were there for the mystery, and I feel like they handled it really well, even sure. with all the pressure. And it was never going to please everyone, never. No, no. Um, 
But I think it did please the majority of people, and I yes. think the big yeah. reveals, the fact it was it, the big reveals are rooted in in the emotional core of the characters made so much more sense. Like yes, okay, yeah. if I it's did, like uh, it's like sorry Dan, it's like when you do an event that's based on like what's going on with the actual character that seems organic. That's what this felt like uh, in terms of comic books, rather than hey, this alien's invading. I guess we're gonna up, uh, you know throw all the, our other stories into upheaval just to like accommodate this dumb event to sell books. This didn't feel like they were selling issues. This felt like this, this is a series that is based on who these characters are. It felt really like, uh, to say the word again, organic in, in a great way. Yeah, it was definitely a showcase for uh, both the actors and uh, WandaVision. Um, but obviously we can get geeky out. Uh, um, I'm, a, I'm a big um monica rambo fan and i was just like yes finally she's like entered the um mcu and by the end of the season she's fully powered up and going into space you know what i mean so i'm like yay and like honestly uh, ian will attest that i was like oh wow maybe not as big as when civil war happened in the cinema where i basically squealed when black panther jumped onto bucky and i was like oh my god it's black panther i literally made it like actual (laughs) like like a fangirl noise in the middle of the cinema but anyway, um, but I was like, oh, wow, when I saw White Vision, obviously, uh, as, as geeks, you're going to geek out on stuff. But I, right. it was always overweighed um, by how I re- ridiculously actually, because I'll be honest with you, I like Vision a lot, but I was never, I've never really been a massive Scarlet Witch fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got less of a Scarlet Witch fan when she decimated my favorite, my favorite sure. franchise. Totally. And then she goes, gets, and in the comics, she gets away scot-free for mass murder for decades um and so i've never really been a massive fan until until like certain writers and then this came along and i was like this version of her i can really understand where she's coming from i think sure. like i get like by the end of the season you get where she's i know a lot of people think that it was quite quick the turnaround of like oh, she's not gonna like hand herself over she's just gonna fly off um into the middle of, you know like all marvel uh people they go into the middle into a cabin in the woods or whatever um <laughs> But I, I think because she became her own person, she wanted to figure out more about yeah. this. And she didn't want to be, she knows she's done wrong. That's why she secluded herself. So she didn't, you know, so she doesn't hurt anyone else again. But because um, she, let's be fair, she drove through that town and it was a shithole. And so she just decided, while she, in her grief, and while she was like making a house and the vision, um, she accidentally, like, I don't know, she purposely or accidentally. Made everyone else's life happier in her head. Um, but <laughs> well, you are whitewashing a little bit here. But uh, <laughs> uh, look, it was that that stuck out to me that they were just like, all right, you, you're free to go. That was like, really? It felt like at the end she was coming to terms that it was her fault. Maybe she was gonna try and I don't know atone for it. Uh, mm-hmm. It does make sense for her to like go off on her own and study what this is. And like get it under control. I get that, but there's also still like a, a nagging. I guess she's just she's Avengers are, you know, Sokovia didn't make me think about like the Accords, um, as much as her as Scarlet Witch and this did. Like they're in Sokovia, stuff got terrible. They tried to save as many people as they could. Not everyone made it out. Like I don't fully blame them for that. But this is like this is kind of all her fault. And she's just able to walk away from it 
maybe someone does need to keep an eye on her. Like this is finally, I'm like, you know, maybe those accords aren't a bad idea. No, I get, I get that. But um, I think because she's wrapped in her own, because she's like a lot of people wrapped in her own world, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, she thought she's probably thinking that she, like she says to them, uh, we, you know, I gave you better lives, made you. Um, and what she didn't realize is that she's killing everyone around her. Um, and but I feel like now she's got like a, a she feels like she's got a handle on it. That's why she's like, oh, I'll go and sort it out myself. Much like every tragic character, they still think they have um, uh, sort of like they can do it themselves. Right. They can sort sort this out. And obviously she doesn't. She she clearly thinks she's sort of above it now. Like, oh, it's fixed now. Bye. Right. But yes. I don't. I don't I don't wholly blame her because of mainly because of the tra- it's not as if I can blame is a weird way to say because she's a fictional character but um I, I feel like the trajectory of, of it was more like she's come to terms with what she is or she's uh-huh. coming to terms with what she is and she's decided oh well I'll go sort it out but what I'll do to just make sure it doesn't go wrong is I'll go hide in some random cabin uh so that I don't affect other people so oh, she hasn't I, really I, I get learned. that it's, it's, but it's still like it's like it's like someone caused a, like a huge accident in the middle of the street. A bunch of cars piled up, and like well, uh, like they were drunk, caused all this stuff to happen, and then like well, I'll pay for the damages. I'm off now. See you later. It, it, well, <laughs> you could you could argue it's a it's a metaphor for the powerful in our world where they cause sure. yeah. harm but don't actually have to answer for it. Totally. Um, because obviously at the same time, Vision's fucked off, um, like right. trying to figure out his place in the world. And let's be fair, Monica kind of just lets her go. Well, could you even stop her? I suppose. Right. <laughs> Monica's like, because mm. even, even Agatha isn't out and out unless, right. So if I think if you had taken away her backstory, Agatha's backstory, the whole like she sucks the energy to stay alive stuff, which was just like superfluous. You took that away. She's actually not a villain. Like she's not really a villain. She's more like a curious scientist that, like a mad. <laughs> sci- she's more like a mad scientist that wants to know what's going on, basically. And she's pushing the experiment along right. to like push to find out. Um, so I thought it was without that backstory, it actually plays it kind of like grey with her. Um, but the backstory kind of makes her more sinister and more like our yeah. villain. And I do love the and it's played so so beautifully and so tongue-in-cheek and she's literally a cackling witch yeah uh, they, they literally reference uh wizard of Oz with her, you know, her feet um and but i do like the idea that maybe she isn't just out and out evil she's just kind of like um but then obviously at the end it's like i'm going to take your power and i was like oh because mm. i thought that was one of the weaker aspects of it is that it just she just became full-on like i am just evil who wants your right. power I'll use it for betterment, question mark. Um, whereas I'd rather it be like she just pushes it and she maybe made a mistake for pushing it too much. Mm. Um, but I don't know. We might see Agatha again. Who knows? We might. You know, like everyone loved the performance so much. We definitely could. Yeah. <clears throat> I, 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 when she brought it down to the basement, I could kind of first thought maybe she's going to try and start like her own coven sort of a thing, like persuade her to be a, a witch alongside her, uh, like a mentor mentory sort of evil-leaning uh, group. Um, but, you know, whatever. It, 
I want to talk uh, for a few minutes about um, some of the other little geeky aspects uh, of mm. what happened. Um, oh boy. And so, for example, we had uh, Quicksilver that uh, I think was a huge fan hit. Um, everyone was sort of hoping he was going to survive and, and stay the Quicksilver uh, for this u- universe, but they've they've given that up. Uh, what did you think of, you know, uh, Evan Peters' performance? Did you enjoy having that Quicksilver around? Well, no offense to the other Quicksilver, but he's not really got much to do. <laughs> Whereas Evan Peters has been, what, in like four X-Men films? And then on top of that, he's just playing Evan Peters, which is just kooky anyway. Yeah. Um, so he's fun. He, he's kind of fun and silly. And um, yeah. it, it worked well. And I liked how sinister he like the little where the mask dropped a tiny bits where he asked certain questions um yeah. to her it was like but i generally kind of liked his energy and there's a part of me that though i laughed and thought oh i laughed mainly because i was like it was all for a boner joke that's brilliant yeah like <laughs> that's a great way of really like taking because that's taking the piss and obviously yeah. going to act a lot of people but it made me just smile but um I kind of wanted him to not. I kind of wanted him a little bit. The more I spent more time with it, with the character, the more I was like, maybe he should exist. Yeah, I felt and the I same did, way. He felt yeah. more like 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 uh, Pietro from the comic books, like a little more carefree, a little more dickish, a little more like snotty. I don't know. <laughs> it, I I felt like the uh, the other Pietro was just like a no no emotion fast guy. It was there was no character to him at all. And I just, I think um, it was funny. It was clever, and uh, for them to to actually mention that he's been recast in the show itself, yeah. Um, yeah. To like just to generally instantly highlight it. But um, and it reminds me what... of Iron Man Two, where Don Cheadle took over. He's like, "Yeah, it's me. Deal with it." Like he said that yeah. in the movie. Because <laughs> that what I did like. Because like one massive running, I think I might have mentioned it too. One massive running theory I had was um because uh Agatha was obsessed with the kids and so and then yeah. uh, and and Quicksilver was like getting the children to stay away from m- mummy a lot a lot so I was like is it the children they're after like right, is that right. what they, she's just born because um one other massive geeky thing as being a massive fan of um Billy and Teddy and their romance uh obviously uh we we won't see Teddy for a long time maybe i don't know but um it was nice to see um that they brought uh tommy and billy into it um yes. crazy like crazy as that was and the big uh, question mark of are they real are they not real and it was a massive shock to me to find out that they weren't i don't know if it was a shock to me because i didn't want them to not be real <laughs> right yeah i wanted them to stick around <laughs> and um obviously uh post credit sequence aside i generally was like that can't be it that was the only disappointment i felt before that post credit sequence was like me oh, too no. me too like the, the two they can't just like hand me two like prominent queer characters then erase them like that's a bit sort of harsh um and i really um really enjoyed the uh two young actors um of them i think the the billy one was i know he was more of the focus but he definitely when they were in halloween and they wore their little costumes i was like that's so adorable, adorable. yeah um, but it was nice to, like, obviously going forward, she heard one of them or both of them speak to right. her in the multiverse, I imagine, of madness, as as the as the Doctor Strange films called. 
Right. But um, I, I really appreciate it. I also appreciated the little things where um, Speed's um, colour when he runs is, is more of a green to Quicksilver's more of a blue. Right. And I like that uh, Billy had blue energy rather than red. I yes. just thought it was like a nice little um, visual nods. Like um, mm-hmm. Monica's, Monica's energy changes depending on what form she was using, it would seem. So I, I kind of enjoyed like the, that was the geeky um, aspects. Don't worry, I'm not going to go crazy if the cape of someone isn't as dark as what it is and whatever. <laughs> I, I just, I just, it's, it's those little touches that make me go. Oh, I actually quite enjoyed because um, everyone went crazy when Pietro had the hair and yes, uh, stuff. But I was like, I've, when I first saw uh, Billy come down the stairs with his sort of like his original costume, I was like, that's really cute. Bless right. them that they've like gone for that. <laughs> so. But yeah, I um, was really happy with a lot of uh, what they did. I like I like what they did with Monica. I like the fact that obviously something there with uh, Captain Marvel um, going probably going forward. She she doesn't seem to like her name being mentioned. Right. I like that they they used Monica as a lens for the blip and yep. how that yep. sort of worked. Yep. And that was really tragic and it kind of feeds into the whole grief aspect and theme. And I just like the fact that she is badass and really like t- takes charge. Um, and yes. it's a shame that ne- near the end she's sort of like, but I think that's filming era rather like the reasons are, that's society's problem of COVID rather than like the showrunner's problem where it's sort of some of things sort of fizzle a little bit. Yeah, out. they did unfortunately. Because uh, it felt like more was supposed to be said yep. in sentences. But Definitely. I do like like her and and Randall Park and Darcy just disappear for a little bit. Yeah, and I do like the fact that she was wearing her uniform, like a costume, right uh, when she wore the space suit. I thought that's cute. And then uh, I like the fact that she's going to go to space. With, yeah. With, and I enjoyed the introduction of Sword. Um, that was kind of fun. Totally. But, yeah, I, and it's it's good to know that she's going into space with Fury. He'll probably take over Sword or whatever. Uh, officially uh, in, in the next Avengers movie or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, you mentioned a lot of great moments. I, I'm really excited for the Young Avengers to make their debut, so I, I really hope that uh, Billy and Tommy do reappear in the next Doctor Strange movie, along with America Chavez. Uh, oh, dude. Like, my brain was like, they're going to... Because, you know, when they age themselves... Right. I was like... They're going to age themselves in this show. They're going to be teen. I was like, right. Dead set, and they're going to be teenagers by the end of it. And I'm like, <laughs> right. we're going to get Bummy, uh, Billy, Tommy, and then they're going to meet America and Doctor Strange, and life's going to be great. Yeah. My theory, my theory is that America finds them, and yeah. she's they get back to 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 Wanda. Yes. I wouldn't be surprised if America makes an appearance in that movie, but is just an appearance. Uh, yeah. And then she. I don't know, joins the actual Young Avengers movie or series or whatever that ends up being. Uh, you know, she punches her way in, kicks her way in. She's like, hey, I got to, something's coming. We got to do deal with this. And maybe she helps to round up everyone. I don't expect her to be like, oh, I'm here now. And the next Doctor Strange movie. Uh, <laughs> but um, b- back to this. Uh, I, I love the, uh, I mean, you mentioned all those wonderful little things, the costumes. Uh, I, I love that Quicksilver had his dumbass hair. Uh, just for the Halloween episode, <laughs> uh, uh, it's it's like when they try to give um, Hugh Jackman the Wolverine hair, and you're like, no, please don't. This doesn't work at all. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think 
it works way better in I think it's the Wolverine, uh, where it's like he's got kind of like spikes going out to the side a little bit, like I don't know, almost like a bad haircut, but it seems a little bit more natural than uh, yeah. the the actual X Men movies where. Yeah, I, so I was always like, using all that moose for the dumbass haircut. Yeah, that just reminds me of like Wolverine and me being obsessed with like, why is his mutton chop so large? And then right. like, in every other frame, it felt like they were different in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, it had a lot of, um, lot of blink and you miss it kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they did. I love that they teased Mephisto because obviously uh, a lot. I found out thanks to the fandom. Um, that Mephisto's first appearance was a fly in the comic books and they had that fly which was then fed to the rabbit because um, like it was a big sort of thing and I just uh-huh. I enjoyed I just enjoyed that like it tried to subvert expectations right. um, whilst also kind of delivering what people expected as well which was um, interesting also I adore talking about costumes that Scarlet Witch costume oh yeah was lovely yes uh, and I do I did enjoy it. like it was interesting though because I know you're not, you haven't really watched it or you're not a fan, but The Dark Home, which is the book that they had, was in an entire season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right, 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 I heard. So I was like, oh, we actually, it doesn't look anything like the one that's in WandaVision. Right. But I was like, oh, we're actually having like a, an acknowledgement that other things exist. Um, are we just going to just still ignore it? I think only <laughs> ignoring whatever happened in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't think it's supposed to be the, the same Dark Home. I think, like, that didn't happen. Anything... In Agents of Shield, doesn't matter. Then, it, it, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, no, I, I know that um, they were saying about how um, was it Feige and that were saying about how there was like rumors, or they're talking about the idea of bringing some of the Agents of Shield cast across, right? And like Daredevil across and stuff. And apparently, it do, Agents of Shield is doing really well on uh, Disney Plus. So you never know what we'll get. But yeah, I just I was like, I've heard that book before. Right. Like, isn't it in something else? And I found out that, yeah, I think it was Ian that was like, oh, it was in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ages ago with Ghost Rider. I was like, oh, yeah, I think it's the same one. And much like you, Ian was like, probably not. Um, so. I mean, if they want to bring that that designed Ghost Rider into the movies, I would be happy with that. I love that design so much. Yeah, because it was um, ha- um, um, Jaime. Was it Jaime. Yeah, it was Jaime, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Jamie. Jamie Reyes? I can't remember his name now. Um, but yeah, it was the it was not it was not Nicolas Cage. That's for sure. Um, uh, <laughs> Although you know, Ghost Ghost Rider peeing fire is totally cool. Try to watch um, the second one. I lasted five minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was not good. It felt like I was watching an MTV video that was shot in nineteen, like when MTV started. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, to, to, I don't know if you want to wrap it up, but to, yeah, yeah, definitely we need to move on. Yeah, on to, the to whole, move on. we loved it. It was amazing. Uh, you know, people are like, when are you get a season two? I don't want a season two. Uh, I, I feel like they're ready to like jump it back into the movies and continue on uh, their, their story in there. Um, but uh, I, think I, it was I was surprised. I wasn't expecting. Like, this is one of the series I was kind of worried. Like, are they going to be able to pull this off? And then pulling it off has re- like really instilled confidence in the rest of the of the TV shows they're working on. I was really it's a really ballsy move that this was the first yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It's so different. So because what we're about to talk about is what I wouldn't call one of the mill, 
but it was very, it's very much Marvel's brand um, is what we're about to talk about uh, in the Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's very much like on brand for them, where um, One Division is very different to anything they've like put out before. Yes. There, obviously, there's elements that's very Marvel, like when we go to Darcy and everyone, it's very Marvel. But um, the concept and the layout is very much like experimental for a lot of Marvel fans. So it's quite impressive that they managed to pull it off. Yes. All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> those are our thoughts on uh, WandaVision. Uh, if you haven't watched it, totally check it out. Uh, well worth it. And uh, now we're going to move on to, uh, I think, a series that Dan especially has been really eager to see, and that is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I'm a massive, what can I say? I'm a massive Sam fan. I remember when I first saw Sam Falcon. Fan. <laughs> Sam fan. Um, when I when I when I first saw the Falcon, oh god, it was I don't know how old it was. Um, I was just like, dude has wings, he can fly and talk to birds. And unlike other people who thought that talking to birds was stupid, I was like, that's the best thing ever. I've fallen in love with Sam for, and, and uh, forever. I've just been like, and I am one of the people that like he's been. He's, they casted they casted a brilliant Sam, but he's yes. hardly in any. Like he's literally had any. Like he's brilliant in Winter Soldier. And he's yep. great when he's on screen, but he's hardly on screen. Yeah, so he's not used that much until now, yeah. And I, I'm a massive, massive... Um, I don't even, you know, like, getting back in the Captain America costume because, let's be honest, that was the best time Captain America, the comics, were. Um, right. <laughs> outside of, like, Boo Baker's run and some, maybe some other like, other classic Captain America ones. I never cared for Captain America until the films, anyway, to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I, I uh, Sam, Sam, Sam's my fa- hands down favorite Captain America. He's probably one of my favorite Avengers. So I was just like, I will. I personally was like, screw the Winter Soldier. Can't we just have it about Sam? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. So this is the this is what I would call a more of a um, more of my fanboyingness. Um, and I was uh, very happy with what we got because it's not what I want. When I say it's not what I wanted. Because all I wanted was Sam, like, 24-7, doing stuff, being the Falcon, like a uh-huh. good little kid. What we got was uh, a, a, a brisk sort of uh, laying of your thematical uh, and tone, tonal um, aspects whilst delivering some character moments uh, by some charismatic um, actors, uh, giving, like, a good backstory and fleshing out where these characters in that universe come from. And I just, I didn't know I wanted that, but I sure. was uh, totally on board for it, like, the whole way through. Even Bucky, who I generally find as bland as a piece of white bread. Um, yes. Well, that, that's another character they haven't really let do anything. Like, uh, I, those movies give Sebastian Stan, like, a bad reputation as an actor. Because he's just sort of, like, be silent, shoot a gun, look mean, have greasy hair. Like, that's all he does in, like, all the movies, right? <laughs> Uh, oh god and that flashback i was like oh no please don't be just, just right. but i'm not saying he's a great actor but i've seen him in other stuff where you're like okay this guy can that you know he can act uh not maybe not he's not oscar worthy but like this guy can actually be a character um and i also loved look anthony mackie is charismatic as hell and in that first uh uh in winter soldier he's great uh, he's wonderful in little pieces, 
But seeing him show a little bit more range in this mo- uh, in this episode as well was wonderful. Um, but also seeing uh, Winter Soldier Bucky get the most character, I don't know, given the most character since Captain America 1 uh, was, was nice to see. Um, yeah, because... He's had more character development in a forty less than forty minute program because he's not in all of it. Right. And then he hasn't any movie after the first event. <laughs> right. Because um, so obviously uh, for TV, I don't know how much is spent on these uh, on these um these shows. Obviously, it has a higher budget than most TV shows. And I know me and you haven't butted heads, but disagreed slightly on the visual representation. I still blame maybe. Um, some of the blurring effect from me streaming uh, on a shitty Wi-Fi signal. Uh-huh. But um, maybe I'm a little bit more, like, coherent. But um, I can definitely say that my bias was, like, seeing Sam... Because, right, so what Sam does in the films is fly little, shoot uh, two automatic weapons, and yes. then make his the shield. Yeah. Here, we see him swooping, we see him moving his wings like a bird, we see him... <laughs> using red ring we see him doing everything basically in right. just like a small sequence which yeah okay it could be some people the class as uh military propaganda but it's not a michael bay film so you know i'm not that person. <laughs> um and we see him working um and doing his magic and some of this some of this i've watched it i watched the sequence again and i will agree with georgie some of it isn't the best uh digital effects right but just having him saw and this the transition between um his live action and um his digital self uh, are where they hit the mark right so it doesn't look too uncanny when he um, sure. you know swoops it out um and i do think that entire sequence kind of like sells him as a badass superhero because yeah. i think what they really needed to do was um he's not Cap's sidekick right uh, he's a hero in his own right and that, that really sells him and i love the fact that, that the nod it's um he fights batrock and uh, we get introduced at the same time to the other Falcon of the comics, um, uh, the the young uh, Mr. I can't remember his first name, Joaquin Torres. Um, which, when I heard his name, I was like, wait a second, are they bringing in the other Falcon already? Right. And uh, without, I was like, and then because it's so convoluted, listeners in the comics, he gets like spliced with Red Wing and has like organic wings. It's so weird and brilliant at the same time um but anyway uh i, I doubt that's gonna happen but it was nice to see that he has a sidekick or he has like a, a, a partner right and and it was just the little things like he speaks arabic he he has a respect going on like he's he's charming in in the face of um like danger and he's also like like a fun person to hang around with but then when he goes home where his home's been decimated by the blip like well his financial home life has been decimated by the blip you don't actually get paid for being an Avenger. Right. Uh, you, glory doesn't put, glory and uh, awards do not put food on the table. Um, they've changed his family lineage from like a reverend to fisherman and uh, moved it, you know, have Louisiana and having this entire like sort of uh, failing industry that he comes from now. And he can't just, you know, get a bank loan, which is the most normal thing I've, I think I've seen one of these superheroes do. Yeah. Uh, is try and get a bank loan and and like you said it shows uh, Mackie's range and I will talk about the Winter Soldier at some point but I'm just too obsessed. Um, <laughs> no, so, it was great. No. Yeah, I, I, like you mentioned, they, they it really. So we will talk about the special effects first. I think you've you've come more over to my end that like, hey, these aren't 
like A plus special effects, right? I'm not saying they're bad. It's just like if you compare them to uh, like the next Marvel movie, you'd be like, well, yeah, they don't quite hold up as well. All right, that's all I'm saying. But like you mentioned, uh, that that first action scene is fun. It really showcases him as like a force to be reckoned with when it comes to uh, dealing at least with uh, non-superpowered people, right? Uh, like he could take out a score of regular soldiers, um, and uh, like it helps you root for him. And then he goes home, and you're like, "Oh crap! Oh, he doesn't get paid. That's interesting. Oh, his family's failing. Uh, business is failing. He can't get a, a bank loan." There's like, I was surprised Disney tackled all these like systematic racism and and like actual uh, like down home problems that people might face. Uh, I was yeah. not expecting them to actually go that that deep, but they did, and I really appreciate it. And he was able to like play both sides of the coin. Like he was the fun action hero, but also he was like the caring brother, and he was like the mourning, uh, like best friend, uh, and an angry black man at, at the end of the episode as well. Like he was able to like really tap into a lot of things that the rest of the adventures movies never really let him showcase. And I think. And- uh, you, you really made a case for him being like a, a wonderful choice to be Sam. And what I really enjoyed is that um, I've seen a few people complain that, oh, why don't you just ask uh, um, what happy heart, happy or um, whoever, or ask someone else for a loan. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, if you actually watch the episode, he is full of pride. Like he is. Yeah so proud of his lineage and his past and like yeah. uh, his own abilities that he is not going to ask for a loan he tries to fix he tries to fix his he like basically tries to fix his uh sinking ship metaphorically mm-hmm. and literally right and he is not a man that's gonna like and he has just had one of the biggest like uh knocks to his pride which is him not believing he's worthy enough for the shield right. and that Oh, that saying that that was a great uh, seeing Don Cheadle just turn up as um, his best buddy because I just like the idea that those two are really like good mates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In general, and uh, the idea that um, Rhodey's like this is a mistake. You should keep the shield. Right. Uh, and maybe it's time for for the world to have a Captain America like you. And he's like, no one can replace Steve, and he just wants nothing to do with that legacy. Right. Um, but it's it's interesting because it's like a dichotomy between like he doesn't want he wants to honor Steve by not doing it right. essentially, right. but he also in his home life he's too proud to give up his legacy. So it's kind of like like it's a really interesting dichotomy for the character. Yeah. Um, and obviously it's filmed in a very um, I want to say and it's probably not very Winter Soldier, very Russo uh, Russo Brothers kind of kind of lens. Mm-hmm. Um, they've definitely gone for that aesthetic, which is a good thing because it works for Grounded Hero. Um, one second. Hi, Invader. Ian's just invading the podcast, everyone. Are you going to say hi? You, know, you just walked out of the door. Are you going to say hi? Hello. What did, hey. you think of, what did you think of Falcon and Zelda in three sentences? In three sentences. Uh, it clearly has its own style. And it's going to develop the characters which haven't had much time in terms of uh, screen uh, cinema and interesting to see where it's going to go. Well, you get it. That was All present. Right. Thank you, Ian. Oh, you like Later. Later.
Hello, how are you doing? We're recording, that's what we're doing. Oh. Uh, you're going to be live and uh, I don't know what he's doing. He just, he's, I, right, for the listeners, I usually record in the bedroom and Ian stays in, stays in, the, in the living room where all of Ian's stuff is. And now he's coming to the living room to obviously get something, but I'll just close the curtain. I don't know. Now he's going. There we go. We will. Uh, it's almost like it's live. Um, so, yes, but no. Um, and on the flip side, we have the other aspect of legacy, which is um, the blood uh, legacy of the Winter Soldier, who, like he says, has been um, alive for 106 or something years, and right. <laughs> and he he his his life has just been filled with blood, and he is trying his hardest to atone for his sins. Right. Um, and I thought it was fun that he's very, when being analysed in a situation which is reminiscent of him being brainwashed, I imagine, sure. uh, he is very uh, standoffish and he isn't doing anything. But in the in the real world, he's struggling and he's trying his hardest, um, but he just can't um, sort of cope with it, like with the, with who he's trying to help at the time. And uh, when he finds when he tr- he tries, so he's trying to be so nice. And it because like there's like a the fun comedy moment where he attacks that um, ex Hydra uh, in her car, right? And you know, and then there's um the more the more serious the sort of like I won't say serious, but the more emotion emotive reasons for helping someone that like he's killed someone's child and what does that mean? And he and much like Chris Evans, I feel like Sebastian Stan can do an old soul in a younger man. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, and it's quite. I don't know. He's quite char- randomly charming because it's a surprise to me because obviously Bucky is kind of like not anything apart from in the first Captain America, like we've said many times now. So it's nice to see him be charming because I was like, actually, I'm going to probably end up rooting for both of them by the end of, by the end of oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. No, it was great to see him show a little bit of range. It was good to show that he's trying to, you know, grow make amends and, and he's got actual things he has to deal with as a person instead of just being this like greasy hired gun who you know is frozen in, in instead of being frozen and woken up to fight for the bad guys he's been frozen and woken up to fight for the good guys you know he really did just like switch beds is all he did in, in the last couple appearances in the movies um it was i was surprised how much i was rooting for him and uh, I was actually kind of glad that he was in the show after seeing those moments. Uh, a few things <coughs> I do want to mention uh, about the Bucky story is I wish they would get someone uh, Japanese to like help with, like writing scripts or like character names or you know dialogue that sort of stuff because the old man has his name is Yori which is not the Japanese name. Uh, uh, and just like some of the nuances, some of the, the food that they're eating and stuff they're drinking, it just felt like, could we play a little more attention to what's going on there? Like it would, maybe most people don't realize it, but like that authenticness would really help me <laughs> alleviate some of my anxiety. Uh, so well, that was a little bit. They're doing Tiger Beer, which is, isn't it that from Thailand? Yeah, yeah, oh. exactly. And not that they wouldn't have that at like a, an Asian restaurant in America, but it just felt like 
you're in a Japanese restaurant, you could maybe have some Japanese beer. It's not like it's not available readily everywhere. Um, uh, yeah, it was like a little bit of like that. But um, I, I really did like, you're like, why is he hanging around with this old dude? Is it just like he, he only feels comfortable with people, you know, born around the same time as him? Uh, but then, then you, you see that he's trying to like help out this guy because he killed his son and he's not sure how to like make amends for that. Uh, mm. It's it's a good way of like seeding the themes as you mentioned for what he's trying to do and for what Sam's gonna face throughout the rest of the series. Uh, it was uh, it, it did feel like just sort of setting the table. The whole episode felt like all right, putting the set up the chessboard, getting ready to showcase what's actually gonna happen. And we're gonna these are the characters, these are their issues, this is the setting. All right, next episode, go. And I really appreciated that they took the time. I think some people may not be as excited about how much table setting went on, but I thought it was a uh, really great service to the characters. It's, it's funny because WandaVision uh, doesn't set any tables. They just set mm. a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is very like different in that sense. It's very straightforward, mostly. Um, but it, it has a lot more... Well, no, they both have humanity, but this has a lot more it wants to say about certain things. Right. If WandaVision is an exploration of identity and um, emotion, this feels more like it's going to be a, a, an exploration of, like, legacy and politics. Yeah. And how and those race. two... Yeah. So I'm trying... Because, like... the um, Right. So, obviously, things to... The eagle-eyed viewers may have noticed is... The, the closing credits um, have a lot of pictures without names attached to them, which are obviously going to show you. Uh, one is Zima's face, one is right. A13. So, so obviously there's going to be new characters introduced and they're going to have tags in the end. Um, uh-huh. I think Ian even saw the S.W.O.R.D. logo at the end of the thing. But what I actually quite enjoy um, is that they're going to literally tackle Nick Spencer's uh, Sam Wilson run. Um, Right. Of who he's not my Captain America. Um, who should wear the shield? You know, who should wear the shield? All that jazz. And they're going to hit it much like you said. That Disney are actually doing like exploring it. And um, at first, I was a bit concerned. I was like, "Is this great?" But I believe that the the show, a lot of the writers and showrunners are actually people of color and black anyway. So I might we might get a really um, honest portrayal of that. Right. I don't know, but um, I do feel like. Uh, introducing two villainous elements because um, there is two uh, it might not seem like two but there's definitely two there's obviously right. the obvious one which is uh, the flag smasher um, the, the the organization which named after right. that crazy character in the comics um, the organization is like grown up after the blip because this is another show that's literally dealing with the fallout from the blip as well and how right. that affects people which is quite interesting to see and this organization is massive and obviously has a lot of reach and someone with a superpower in uh, charge of a unit, it would seem. And they have a cozy little um, uh, iconography, which kind of reminds me of the White Hand of Saruman from The Lord of the Rings. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the, you've got like you've got the um, sort of terrorist, quote unquote, organization. And I can't believe I just said quote unquote. Um, and then at, at the same time, you have the <laughs> the rich institutional white man who tells Cap, uh, tells I call him Cap because it's Sam, 
But anyway, tell Sam, who's eventually going to be my favourite Captain America, hopefully, um, to give up the shield. And then he repackages it, repurposes it, and sends out his Burger King version of Captain America. Yeah. By the end of it. It's um, so blatant, too. It's like so, yeah. like, well, we need to get it. And, and I'm going to attend the ceremony at the museum and we're going to put it in a glass case for everyone to see and like two days later oh by the way uh that shield that we were showing everyone yeah fuck y'all we're going to use it because a, a white guy needs it <laughs> like it was so blatant and i think that was the point but it like yeah. it felt visceral like i was viscerally upset when when that announcement happened at the end of the episode yeah it's perfect because it, it taps into your country's sort of well mine as well um nationalistic <laughs> pride and this idea that right. only a certain type of person can uh, visually represent and speak for on on behalf of an entire people um and it just the fact that i feel like it's per- he's, he's become like a picture all over um the internet hasn't he uh because he, he looks weird the guy hired looks weird in that captain America costume yes um I feel like it's all purposeful like he is a clown wearing a costume. He's not actually Captain America. Um, you know what I mean? It's 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 when someone takes a symbol. I'm not going to go on a soapbox, but um, like a rainbow, which represents a specific <laughs> thing, and then certain companies, like a very famous vodka brand in this country, Smirnoff, which is famous around the world, I imagine, takes it, slaps it on a bottle, and goes, "Oh, buy this," but like right, like so much money but pretty much none of it goes to the people he is buying it for um so it's commercializing like a symbol um yeah one thing that that obviously steve would never have wanted and i think it's very clever that it's at one hand is like this is the obvious bad guy with the mask and everything and he's hurting people and stealing money but when you think about it, the more insidious bad guy is the one that's institu- institutionally rooted in our society and has mm-hmm. stolen something that means something and has turned it on its head. So I find it's quite an interesting read of things. Um, how I found an interesting read. Maybe other people didn't see it or maybe people are going too deep into it. But who cares? <laughs> um, I enjoyed <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that th- those... Yes, having the two two villains for and kind of tailor-made for both both heroes to like go up against and obviously uh there's probably gonna be some crossover with those villains and why our, our characters need to team up again and it will be fun to see uh bucky and falcon uh be together there have been like i don't know how many of the trailers you've watched Dan. i've watched maybe two but there have been some really funny moments uh, i think they work really well together as like a, a buddy cop sort of uh, uh, relationship. Like I, I don't feel like it's a buddy cop movie, but sort of their dynamic is like, I, I like you, but I also kind of don't like you, like grudging respect sort of thing happening between them. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm excited to see them play off of each other as they move forward too. I'm weirdly excited. And it might have been one of those things like the people with WandaVision where they took a piece of dialogue and was like, I'm ro- rolling with this until... until... Until <laughs> I've gone crazy. Right. But um, when Rhodey says about the world needs heroes, new heroes, and he says, and also Sam says about it um, in the speech, I was like, I turned to me and I was like, could this all be Sam just setting up a new Avengers team? Oh. Like he, like he handpicks. By the end of the season, he becomes Captain America, and then he handpicks a team 
of Avengers for like the next film. Oh, and I was like, I hope, because I, like, I the idea of him finding new heroes and the world needs new spokesmen, and I was just like, mm. and I, my mind went mental and was like, what if Sam's in the back of every other show and like he turns up at the end of Miss Marvel and is like, join the Avengers. And he turns up right. at the end of Shield and says, join the Avengers. And I'm just like, it's probably not going to happen, but in my ideal world, maybe it would. <laughs> <laughs> I would. It would be great to see him sit up, him be the leader for the new Avengers. Yeah. I, I have a feeling it's it's going to be uh, like they've not you know uh, announced any Avengers movies, right? And uh, I, we don't know if it's going to be an actual like adults or if, if it's going to be like a young Avengers kind of thing that they're going to focus on first. Um, but I'd love to see Sam Sam lead that. I I don't. We only had one episode, so there's not as much to talk about as as we had with Wanda Vision. But uh, I was I wasn't sure how serious Disney was going to take these characters, and I was really happy that they did take all the struggles that Sam's going through seriously, and that they gave Bucky something to do. And, and made him an actual person. And I was uh, like, I watched the first episode and it didn't like blow me away in terms of like the the wackiness that WandaVision did, but it did really satisfy me and like, okay, we're really going to spend some time with these people and uh, ad- address something important. Uh, these, this is an adult uh, series in terms of these are themes uh, that adults have to deal with grief, loss, regret. Uh, institutional racism, legacy, like losing friends, like these are real things that that people have to grapple with, and uh, I'm excited that this series is actually gonna, at least it seems like, tackle those those themes. Yeah, uh, if they land, if if it lands, it is another is obviously another question entirely. Right. But at the moment, I feel like they have the right cast, and it feels like they have a a true commitment into telling their story as opposed to our story <laughs> so, you know what I mean right. um so I'm interested to see how going forward and I do generally think that the first episode may not be the best first episode I've seen of a tv show but it definitely uh made me want to watch more and sets the stage of something possibly interesting and thought-provoking which right. not all of those movies have been <laughs> um, so I'm very happy um that we can have a um sort of mature standpoint and the tv shows allow them to breathe as well yes yes yeah well i was also uh, a little little side note glad they didn't kill batrock like i'm glad that they're not like a lot of these movies like all right there's the enemy and then we're going to kill him off and we'll never see him again but like batrock's a fun character who doesn't need to be like killed off uh we have um baron zemo coming back you know another character that they didn't uh kill off in in captain america 3 like it's good to see some returning villains and uh have that like already established animosity and chemistry uh it'll be interesting to see how how he he plays into things um what what did you think of just even just the promo images of the zemo mask um i'll be honest with you i have been really good and not looked at anything (laughs) okay (laughs) No, because I've been trying to, because obviously with us also review, like review, or critiquing, reviewing, or just talking, discussing it, it's probably the best of the time. I was like, I'm going to try to be as blind to each episode as possible. 
Um, but from the look on the painting, um, I think that may look interesting. I'm more interested in seeing how the Zemo in uh, Civil War transfers to the Zemo sure. that we're going to get. Was it a different Zemo? Who knows? Oh, yeah, it could be. I, I don't know. I, I also want to say I really loved uh, the Falcon's costume this time. I think they oh my God. they upped their game on that so hard. I, I generally love it. I love the fact that the wings actually look like wings now, not just weird yeah. robot gliding things. Uh-huh. Like, he's so sleek. And the, um, just, yeah, his costume's amazing, to be fair. All it needs is a star and a shield, and we'll be all right. right. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess, you know, we, we really enjoyed uh, WandaVision, obviously, and we really uh, happy with the first episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and, and optimistic to see what they're going to do with the series. Um, so, Dan, it was great to <clears throat> gab about this for an hour and ten minutes-ish here. Uh, uh, we're going to try and be back next week for the next episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier, and uh, we really hope you guys uh, join us for this journey. Um, but, uh, Dan, where, where can they find us? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at uh, Excalibur, Bro, uh, Excalibur Bros. Excalibur Bros. There we go. Jesus Christ. Obviously, I've had like some sort of problem. <laughs> I've been able to talk all this time. And then I'm <laughs> Excalibur is one um, on Twitter. And if you put Excalibur Bros into, I can't even say it, into Google, you'll find us. But you can find the podcast at podbean.com forward slash Excalibur Bros. I am literally having a nervous breakdown on you are every word it would mean it would mean uh-huh. i'm just i'm just broken i'm clearly a robot that's just like a marvel robot as someone once told me i was because i like marvel films so um, yeah all, all your bad mouthing of uh other recently quote-unquote released movies is come back to haunt you dan you're, you're about to be spited <laughs> i made a real massive dc kick as well which is really weird i really want to enjoy dc things but um some of the things that I have access to, not as fun as I want them to be. Um, uh, so I'll just watch stuff. I'm going to go watch the 90s Superman cartoon because it's amazing. So. Sure. The one the one after the Batman one. Yep. No, that's great. Uh, I would say if you're looking into anything DC, jump on that Nightwing series. Uh, that's that's uh, Tom, not Tom King. Tom Taylor uh, just joined, I think, episode, not episode, issue 78-ish. Uh, new jumping off point. Nightwing is back. He's no longer Rick. Uh, that dumb storyline is over. So uh, jump onto that funness. And um, you can uh, look forward to us uh, recapping Falcon Winter Soldier again next week. And we'll hopefully get back to our regular comic book coverage soon as well. So, uh, Dan, this is so much fun. So glad we did this. And uh, we'll see you all next week. See you later. Bye. Bye. That was awesome. I don't know what happened at the end. I literally like my my side got cropped.